everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, it's Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast that we missed last week. So sorry about that, but how you doing, James? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? Doing all right. So you want to go over your uh, your trades? Yeah, so looking at some of the recent stuff here, I see that I went long uh, TQQQ. I think that's when NASDAQ well, or NASDAQ futures were down, I want to say like 1,000 points or 1,200 points. So I thought it was a good time to go long uh tqqq and there i got in at like 145 and they're up to 173 now so they're up about 30 bucks per share uh since i got in so i was pretty happy with that entry um my short call on my chegg shares expired with the december monthlies so i pretty much sold at the money i sold the 30 call and i got 206 bucks and that thing is already down. Theta is already kind of eating away at it a little bit. That's for the January monthlies. Um, so it's already down to 170. So I'm up pretty nicely on that. Um, I want to say I got pick up those Chegg shares when they were at like 25 or something. So wasn't really looking to get like super greedy. Um, so yeah, I just sold that 30 call. If they finish above 30 by the January monthlies, then my shares will get called away um, and I'll be happy. So that's going pretty good. Um, I also got into AT&T. Um, I think we were talking maybe in our last episode a couple weeks ago how they were like at like 23 bucks or 22 bucks or something stupid like they continue to bleed. So I went long shares and then I sold the 24 and a half call against those shares and I think it finished like just in the money uh, this past Friday. Um, so my shares got called away there. So I made a nice profit on AT&T. Um, <clears throat> What else here? Looks like I sold some February contracts on IWM. Uh, must have been the put side because I'm up pretty big on that. Um, let's see what else here. The Qs. I'm up pretty big on that too. That must have been a put. Yeah, put spread as well for February monthlies. Um, looks like I also sold a vertical put spread on Jets had some funky strike prices so my short is the 19.86 put and my long is the 18.86 put not sure what's going on with those weird strike prices uh for february on jets but i got into that and then oh this is a trade that i did today i went long more shares of space because i went long shares when they were uh, almost oversold on the daily chart, but they were still trading. I want to say like at 1750 or something like that. And then with them bleeding down another $3, I just don't know how much lower they're going to go. So I picked up some more shares on space and they ticked up a little bit, I think in aftermarket or something today. So I'm up a couple bucks on those shares, but, um, um, that was pretty much it. There was one other trade that worked out pretty nicely for me too. It was actually XBI. I think that's like a biotech ETF or something. And I want to say my short put was like a little bit in the money, like a few cents in the money on uh, December monthly expiration. 
and I rolled that out one more week and grabbed some more credit, and then they ripped hard. I think they finished like above 118 or something on Friday, so that was a pretty nice little trade where I was able to roll, um, grab some more credit, and avoid uh, a loss there and uh, walk away with max profit. So that's pretty much it for me in the last week or so. Nice. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go over. I didn't have too many trades. Um, like we talked about on the last podcast, I opened up that separate account where I put a thousand bucks in it. And that's what I'm going to do uh, for my YouTube channel trades and uh, for this, the podcast trades. So uh, over the past, since we didn't do a, a podcast last week, I'm just going to go over the trades that are, you know, all the trades essentially since I've opened this account. Uh, so uh, first trade I got into was I sold a call spread on SPY, and that was on the 13th. That went max profit. Uh, same day, I sold a put spread on Merck, and the very next day, the 14th, I was up over 50%, and I ended up closing that out because I was like, dude, I'll take 50% in a day, hands down. So ended up selling that. That would have went max profit. I kept it on, but just having that big rip and you know up 50% in one day, I wasn't you know, I just want to put that capital into something else. Also open up a put spread on VMW and they just ripped from the gate. Uh, that was not two weeks to expiration, but almost uh, two weeks to expiration. So that closed out this uh, Friday for max profit. Then I had a trade that I got into on ABV, which is ABBV. <clears throat> I sold a call spread on them. And they just didn't react like I thought they were. So I'm closing it out the next day at, oh, no, no, no. I let it ride for a while. So I closed it on uh, the following Monday and uh, for a 60 cent loss just in the uh, contract fees because they were just, it, that was the, the time that the markets were just dumping super hard. And for whatever reason, they were ripping like a, uh, over 1%. So I was like, no, nah, I don't like the way this is looking, having a call spread on this. If they're acting like this when the market's, you know, dumping as hard as it is. So I was lost 60 cents on that. And the one that really screwed me, well, I screwed myself is, and I don't know, still haven't found out what this strategy is called. I know I didn't invent it, but I can't find it anywhere. So it doesn't have like one of those stupid names like uh, Jade Lizard or something like that. So I name it Super, Super Bear or Super Bowl. And what it is, it was in this instance on Colgate, ticker symbol CL. I was looking at their chart, and they had been ripping for a while. And I was like, all right, it's time for them to cool down. So I thought they were going to start coming down a little bit. So what I did was I sold the at-the-money call spread and then used that money to fund buying the at-the-money put spread. And I ended up actually collecting $2 in credit on that. And it was so illiquid. I was texting you on Friday when... It was expiration, and I couldn't get filled for crap. Like at one point, it was completely out of the money, and I was willing to, you know, buy it back at just a tiny profit. Couldn't get filled for crap. Just, you know, the whole like almost uh, hour and a half before close, where I had to get out of this because I was going to be something was going to be in the money. So I had to close it out. Nothing would fill. Nothing would fill, and I finally ended up uh, filling both sides of it for a. I believe it was $35 loss after that $2 credit I took in. So not a huge loss, but when, you know, you're talking about a thousand dollar account kind of gobbled away almost all of my uh, profits that I had from the first week. 
And the only other, oh, I got two other on. I sold a call spread on Ford. And these guys are pissing me off because, like I was telling you, I'm bearish as can be on Ford because uh, me and my wife have been trying to trade her car in for something bigger, a little bigger. So we're, she wanted a, they came out with this new, like, smaller pickup truck. And there's none to be found. So in trying to trade her car in, because trading values are like through the roof, we can actually get more money uh, trading her car in than she owes on it. We're trying to get rid of it now. And so we go to Ford dealerships and they don't have anything on the lots. They have like six to 10 cars per lot. So I looked it up and uh, there it's all Ford dealerships. And I don't know, I mean, it might be Chevy and Dot, like every dealership, but I was just looking for Ford specifically, see what the heck the problem was. And I guess the microchip uh, shortage is just killing them. They got brand new vehicles sitting in fields everywhere because they don't have chips. And that's all they got to do is put a chip in it and test it and get it off. But they can't do that. So I I have a feeling earnings in January is going to be absolutely horrible. So this past two weeks, when Ford has had like these big 3% pumps, there's a news story comes out that the first week was um, Ford's great, great, great grandson or something like that bought like $3 million worth of shares. And then this last week uh, it was his great, great, great granddaughter bought a crap ton of shares. So I, I, I got a feeling they're just trying to get some good news out there because their sales numbers are going to be absolute crap. And Got one more trade on, another one on Merck, and this is a just straight-up COVID play because they have that COVID pill uh, that was supposed to be getting approved, and uh, by this time it is approved. And also in Japan, I believe I was reading today, um, there's a mixture of something, some drug they have and some other drug that got approved for uh, some sort of cancer treatment, so... Uh, that one's looking really good. I believe I'm up like 70% on that as of today. So, yeah, those are the uh, all the trades I had on the past couple weeks. Sweet, man. You kind of reminded me uh, VMW. I think you pointed out like a double bottom or something on the daily chart, and I actually uh, sold a put spread on them as well. Um, <clears throat> can't remember if I did it right at the 110 being the short, but it looked pretty good on the daily. So, yeah, thanks for the heads up on that one. I was able to make some money there, too. And um, uh, Ford screwed me last time I played him. I want to say I sold, and when was that? It wasn't the December monthly expiration, but the week before that. I want to say I sold a call on them, and they were just, like, hanging out and doing nothing all week. And then on that Friday that it expired, I'm going to pull it up right now because I'm sure I can see that dumb candle on the chart. Oh, yeah, it's probably this one right here on the 10th. Yep. So, yeah, that, just that was the day that the news about the grandson buying all the shares <laughs> came out. And then, yeah, I was looking at it, and it was probably worthless, man. And then that day rolls around, and the thing goes from, like, below 20 to, like, 21.49 and totally screwed me. So, yeah, they pissed me off that week. <laughs> they were just doing nothing. And then the day of expiration, they went to the moon. I guess that's why some people close out at like 50% profit, 75% profit. I was probably at like a 90% profit or who knows. And then I got screwed. So, yeah, Ford's, uh, you know, pissed me off last time I traded them. But 
looking at their chart, they're still riding really high. Like you definitely see the consolidation going on, like since about the uh, November 9th or so, they've really been having trouble like getting above, you know, around that 2050 or $21 level there. So they're definitely like having some trouble, you know, after they were in a pretty good uptrend uh, for a couple months there, they're really ramming up and having some trouble. So like I still, you know, like the idea of selling calls on them, but yeah, they screwed me last time I played them. Yeah, that's, I, I believe it was today. They were up almost 3% uh, at close and it was, you know, the granddaughter or the great, great granddaughter bought a crap ton of shares. So like I said, man, I got a feeling that they're trying to pump the price as high as they can because they know earnings in, I think it's the middle of January is just going to freaking crush them when they tell everyone, oh yeah, we still don't have any chips and we sold like six cars this month. Yeah, I definitely still like a short position on them for sure. All right. Um, yeah, so when you were telling me about the topic you wanted to go over, I just straight told you, well, you know, you're going to be the one talking about it because I have no idea what it is. And so I thought it's kind of a cool thing, too, because, you know, I'll get to learn with the listeners and, you know, maybe I'll have a question or something when you're talking about it that I can ask that, you know, some people might be thinking as well. So you want to you know, go over whatever uh, the topic was? Yeah, man, and hopefully I have an answer for it because <laughs> I don't have a ton to say about the topic, but I do think it's just something to keep in mind for sure um, if you're looking to do any futures trading. And, um, you know, a lot of times uh, in the past I've traded futures contracts on like the NASDAQ. I usually do like the micro NASDAQ futures, and a lot of the time, um, you know, the price of the futures contract is higher than the current price of the index. Um, so let me look right now really quick because I'm looking at the, um, the micro futures right now for NQ or for the NASDAQ and that thing is in the mid 16s right now. So that thing, the futures right now are trading at 16,540. And then if you look at the actual NASDAQ, it's way down below 16,000. So that looks like NASDAQ closed at 15,871. So right now, the future price is much higher than the spot price or the current price of the NASDAQ. And you'll see that a lot in futures uh, pricing, um, especially for these uh, cash settled things like financial instruments. Um, and that type of a setup where the future price is higher than the current price. That just means that the futures contract is in contango. So that just means that the future price is higher than the current price. And then like sometimes you'll see the reverse. Um, and I think those are the times where you can sometimes uh, capitalize. Like, so let's just say for like a go in a different direction and just say like we're looking at oil futures or something like that and let's say like something happens in the market that causes the price of oil to shoot shoot up to the moon um, let's just say like another pipeline shuts down or something and oil prices just skyrocket so sometimes the spot price or the current price of oil is going to be higher than the actual futures price and when that happens, um, the futures contracts are in backwardation. So things are kind of backwards to what you would normally see. And 
to me, that's like an opportunity. Um, I want to say like within the last few months, you and I were talking about oil. I think you were sending me some articles or something on oil or oil futures. And I think you were saying that it's going to come crashing down. Uh, let me take a look at USO right now. I'm just curious. So it's still riding pretty good. It looks like USO, not that this is futures, but just the spot price of oil was on a pretty good run to 58 and then it pulled back and now it's trying to rip back up again. So it's still pretty close to the high, but, um, you know, I could see like futures, uh, like a futures contract, like let's say oil futures being in backwardation could maybe be like an opportunity. Uh, something crazy is going on in the market that's causing super high spot prices and, you know, the futures price is much lower. So there's some kind of expectation um, in the future that the price of oil is going to come down. Like maybe they, I don't know, reopen a pipeline or, you know, whatever happens to kind of work the situation out. Um, but I could kind of see that as like an opportunity. Um, I know in like recent episodes as well, we've kind of talked about the VIX popping off and kind of seeing that as an opportunity to like sell calls and stuff. And I would kind of see that the same way um, when it comes to futures. So um, yeah, it's like super basic as far as just, you know, knowing what contango versus backwardation is. And I mean, they sound like really cool terms, but they're like, you know, really simple when you look at what they actually mean. And I thought oil would be a good uh, example, maybe, because we've, def we've definitely seen, you know, the price of gasoline and the price of oil doing some crazy things. There's been a lot of stuff going on. And, uh, you know, I know gas prices have been sky high lately, so I thought that might be a good opportunity to, like, you know, talk about um, something that actually has, like, a physical delivery uh, something like oil or corn or, you know, some physical like commodity to kind of understand that and then also kind of compare it to something like the NASDAQ, which is like a financially settled instrument. You know, there's no delivery of any like physical product or anything. So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to cover those two things and uh, just talk about what they mean. So is it when the uh the futures contracts are so much higher than the actual indexes like uh we'll talk, say in q is that just because people typically you know the market is in an upward trend so future traders are you know willing to pay whatever <laughs> what do you say that it's like 800 higher than the actual nasdaq right now yeah exactly like on the i think on those like uh, cash settled instruments or those financial kind of instruments like the S&P 500, like the NASDAQ and stuff like that. Yeah, I think, you know, that's just kind of the expectation because we know how stupid, like when you look at those long-term charts on things like the NASDAQ and Dow and S&P, you kind of see, you know, where they trend. But like, I think on the stuff that's physically delivered, like um, let's just say like in a normal environment, and oil prices are like, you know, kind of normal. There's not anything making the spot price or the current price too out of control. I think sometimes you'll see like future prices of oil um, being higher than the current price. And for those physically delivered things, I think like it's not always the same as like the NASDAQ or something maybe where people just are really expecting the price. Um, 
to go higher. But I think sometimes like on the futures contracts, there's just kind of an understanding that there's actually like physical delivery of product happening. And like if you're trading these, you know, or you're buying or selling these contracts to buy or sell oil at a certain price in the future, like there's, you know, that physical product has to be like stored somewhere. So I think there's like some of that factored into the physical commodities and stuff like that somebody's going to have to hold that oil and at a future date, you know, it's going to have to be moved, you know, if you actually uh, get assigned on that or something and you're actually going to have to like physically take barrels of oil or something like that. I think like a little bit of that is factored into more of the physical delivery futures, but on something like the NASDAQ, yeah, I think, you know, there is no, you know, physical product or anything that has to be held onto by somebody and delivered at a later date. So I think those more financial instruments are just, yeah, you know, the indexes are always going up, like they have their little sell-offs and their little dips. But yeah, I think people are just, you know, super bullish on tech right now, apparently. Yeah, for whatever stupid reason, I'm still, man, I'm not as bearish as I was on the market, but I'm still super freaking bearish. I want to see a fat sell-off, man. Yeah, it just rallied back, like, so hard. I mean, geez, the NASDAQ, it's just like, in a week, it seems like it's at a really fat pullback and a really nice discount. And then you look at it a week later, and, like, we're almost at the high again. Like, I'm looking at the... yeah, let me pull it up here. I'm always looking at it on my phone, but I mean, the high for, you know, the current expiration for NASDAQ is 16,770 and we're only 200 points away. So yeah, man, these swings are just like ridiculous because this was on, yeah, the 20th, seven days. Well, I guess I'm pretty much spot on there. Like <laughs> seven days ago, I mean, we were down at 15,5 at some point on that daily candle. And now we're almost back at the high. So, yeah, man, these swings, especially in things like the NASDAQ, are ridiculous. Yeah, well, what tripped me out, because I, you know, I knew from looking at the chart after, you know, COVID, it's just been on a straight freaking rip, basically. (laughs) And what tripped me out when I text you, I was like, dude, pull up the 20-year chart on SPY or NASDAQ. And it's like... You can see everything's kind of at a, this nice steady uptrend. You've got your dips, like your 08s and stuff. But then after COVID, the recovery, it's just like freaking perpendicular, man. It's like everyone was like, bye, bye, bye. And they never stopped. <laughs> it just looks so stupid on a chart. Yeah, I just pulled it up right now. I usually have the three-year um, weekly showing, but I just switched it up to the 20-year. And yeah, it's just, man, I don't know. It's you don't really see that, like you're saying. In 08, you had a nice little dip, um, but then the rally was not anything like we're seeing right now. And then you see in 2018, we had, well, 2015, we had a little bit of a decent dip, but I mean, the rip back wasn't so insane. And then 2018 comes along, pretty good rip, um, pretty good rip back there. But then, yeah, after 2020, that's just like, ridiculous like the recovery so yeah i just man i don't know with like just inflation and everything that's going on right now with all this money being printed printed in the last few years if that's also somehow related to all this where you know we know everything is 
the prices of everything are just getting overinflated and ridiculous because, you know, the dollar is becoming less valuable the more, you know, money that we print. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, still bearish on it, but <laughs> apparently I've been wrong for, you know, oh my God, I'm still looking at this chart. I'm just going to click out of this. So stupid. <laughs> the Q, yeah, I'm looking at the Qs. It is pretty ridiculous how, like you're saying, like, the bounce backs were kind of just pretty tame until, you know, the further we get along in this chart, like the bounce in 2015 was a pretty good rip. And then the bounce after the 2018 dip was even more crazy. But then this the last one after 2020 is like nothing like we've ever seen, at least in the last 20 years. Yeah, well, guess I'm wrong. I guess, well, you know, that one guy, uh, rich dad poor dad i sent you that article where he just kept on saying it's going to crash it's going to crash and then sent you that article that he said no 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 we already crashed it we're in some sort of what do you call it a technical depression or something like that it's like oh so you were right man right on that's definitely not i mean we're still we never really fell below the 21 day ema on the weekly so i'm gonna say that's not a crash <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know man doesn't look like a crash to me but I don't know. I guess it depends on what what they consider a crash. Because yeah, what is this? The yeah, the 2020 here that was twice a move down. Any kind of a dip we've seen since then. So yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm not buying it. <laughs> All right. Uh, did you have any tickers you were looking into getting into next week, or I guess um, this week? Yeah, I need to get on a bunch of more February positions. It looks like I was able to get into KRE today. So let me take a look here at some of the other stuff floating around there. Um, looks like Jet, yeah, Jets already got in there. Um, I might look at XLE. Um, that one I do not have a February position on. Um, Kind of taking a look, looking at their weekly chart. Let me take a look at their daily. I like the daily a little more. Yeah, they're still riding pretty high. They had a pretty decent dip there, though. So, oh man, I could see myself going either way. I think I feel good selling a call spread against them or a put spread. Um, RSI is pretty much right in the middle at 52 on the daily. Um, also, XLU, I don't have a position there for February monthlies. Um, they're still riding pretty high. Looks like utilities ETF. So, um, yeah, I might go call side on XLU. And then what else here? EWW, I think I traded this one for the first time on the January monthlies, and I'm up big. Looks like I sold a put on it, and this is the Mexico ETF. Um, so I might... They've been ripping pretty good, actually. I think I'm going to sell a call or a call spread maybe on EWW. So I'll probably be looking at those tickers this week. Nice. There's only one that I was super into. Um, so like with the holidays and crap, I haven't been really looking at stuff. But I posted it to the YouTube uh, channel under the uh, community tab. So if you guys are subscribed and you have the little notification thing, then you'll get the alerts when we send out stuff like this. And that was Target. So Target's playing off of this long-term trend line. Where does it start? It starts in May. 
and then uh, that candle when it comes back down it hits this trend line again, and then now we're it touched it. Uh, what was this Friday or Thursday? And then it's ripping off of it right now. So uh, I'm playing target to the uh, selling puts on them. Yeah, that's a pretty good man. They just wanted to go below that like 225 area because I can see like in October they dipped down to around that 225 and rejected it nicely. And then as they approached it here, it's like they dip below it, but not by a ton. And then, yeah, they bounce back really quick. Um, so yeah, I'll be kind of interested to see here on the daily. Are they going to bust through, you know, that 225 and try to make that like some kind of a support level again? Or are they going to reject that and start to sell off? But yeah, that's a big that's a big move down. So definitely like on the RSI, I definitely like, you know, how it's still almost oversold on the daily on the RSI. looks like a pretty good discount. Yeah, and I'm, they got to have earnings coming up soon. And, you know, being a big retailer, I guarantee they have, you know, big numbers because of the holiday shopping crap. So, uh, like I say, looking for a, a nice move up from that trend line. And there's another one. Like I say, if you guys aren't subscribed to the uh, YouTube channel and hit the notification bell, you definitely should be. Because I called out right before it happened, uh, UPS. So I had that trend line drawn. And again, I texted you. I was like, I, I think UPS is going to rip. And they had just like they had this kind of fake out a few times or these candles on uh, the 16th and the 17th. They busted through on the, the uh, 16th above that trend line. I was like, oh, are they going to make the move? Nope. Sold uh, just underneath it. Next day, fat gap up above that trend line, but sold underneath the trend line again. And then finally on the 22nd they closed just above it so that's when i put that post up and said i could see ups making a real quick rip to uh 213 tomorrow and sure sure enough they ripped up to two th above 213 and then sold off to um about 212 and then ripped even higher today so they closed at uh 215 today so yeah if you guys aren't subscribed uh definitely make sure you are over at the youtube channel Nice. Yeah, looking at them right now, they've had four really nice days in a row after selling, you know, selling off a little bit there. So, yeah, looks like they might want to go up and uh, try to retest this high here, this recent high of about 220. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. And then uh, those are the only tickers I have, but I do, uh, I'm still, and I've been texting you about it. Is a new indicator I'm working on where it's actually a uh, code from Mobius who, you know, if you do any sort of think scripting, you know who he is. He's a freaking legend. Uh, it's a automatic support and resistance levels, uh, kind of like pivot points. And I don't know what calculation he uses. I didn't get too far into the code, but I noticed that his pivot points, if I draw a line, say from support uh, two to support one, then the trend line price action plays off of them a lot, like not every single time, but a lot of times. Uh, so I'm trying to actually code in where it automatically draws trend lines off of the resistance or the different resistance and support levels so that you can just have it up, click on it. Boom. Trend lines are drawn. You can see where support and resistance is uh, off of the pivots. So 
hopefully I can get that going being a freaking pain, but that'd be uh, awesome if we can actually get it working. Nice. Yeah, I'm sure the people that uh, like to use a lot of those indicators and stuff will definitely appreciate that one. Yes, it's become one of my favorites because it's pure, you know, price action where, you know, a lot of indicators you're kind of, they're based off of a lot of things like momentum or, you know, volume, whatever the hell it is. But I like this one because it's pure price action. You can see where people stepped in to buy, where people thought it topped out. So they started selling. So, you know, like I said, hopefully I can get it going soon, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's been quite the pain. Yeah, I've seen some of his scripts and stuff, and yeah, they're pretty complex. Sometimes my thinkorswim will like kick out an error saying We're, we can't handle that. <laughs> yeah, I've had that a few times. <laughs> For sure. All right, man, did you have anything else you wanted to go over? Uh, no, nothing much. Just uh, futures are down very slightly right now. Looks like uh, S&P is down 0.14%. Dow down 0.12 and NQ down 0.09. Looks like Bitcoin futures sold off pretty hard too, down 3% if I'm looking at this right. So um, make sure I'm looking at the right thing here. Yeah, these are the January uh, futures. So it looks like Bitcoin futures made a big move down today. But um, yeah, just a little update on the future stuff. All right, sweet. All right, I guess I'll catch you on the next one. All right, man, catch you later. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos so you can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to wstrades.com. Thanks again.